perfect case study in how people are becoming increasingly polarized and sometimes downright hostile would be the picture Justin Trudeau posted of himself with his 15-year-old son, Xavier. They were going to see the Barbie movie. They were dressed in pink. They posted the picture. He wrote, we're team Barbie. And next thing you know, people were saying, see that? I knew Justin Trudeau had gone gay and that must be his new boyfriend. And on and on and on it went. Pierce Morgan, why is some TV guy in the UK commenting on Canada's prime minister going to a movie because that's what drives clicks. That's what drives traffic. And the more hostile, the better, it would seem. Joe Warmington writes a fun column about this that I'll reference a little later on. But I want to get to our guest who has uh, written a, a, a study about polarization and the rise of extremism in Canada. Eventually, this is going to become a book, but she's here with the Precy right now. Stephanie Carvin is former national security analyst and now a professor of international relations at Carleton University. It's nice to have you. Hey, thanks so much for having me on this morning. Okay, so let's actually start. I, I kind of like definitions. And polarization and extremism aren't necessarily the same thing. So how do you describe those two principles? Well, it's, I, I guess the way we're thinking about polarization is kind of like where you have a situation where... Um, uh, you know, you have a group and the group tends to take on the more extreme view over time. So if you have someone who kind of has a view that's, say, like an outlier, what social scientists have found over time is that a group will tend towards the uh, view of the most extreme in the group. So if you have a person who, let's use the Barbie movie as an example, because, yeah, I mean, that was a whole vibe this weekend online if you were yeah. there. Um, so you have a, fr a friend who really, really loves the Barbie movie, right? Just totally. And then over time, within your circle of friends, you're, you'll find that the group does tend to like the Barbie mo movie more and more and more, right? Because they, they tend towards that more extreme view over time, especially if they're in kind of a social media bubble, if they're constantly interacting with each other, if they're sharing memes with each other, all those kinds of things. So that's kind of the polarization phenomenon, right? Like where, yeah, you know, people that, you know, the more extreme positions become normalized. And then I, maybe I should have started off with the extreme definition first, but it's kind of what goes beyond uh, the norm. Um, it's kind of the thing that, uh, you know, you know, over time, um, you know, what we have seen, you know, you started off beautifully, I think, in, in the introduction when you said, like, it's the thing that drives clicks, right? And what we have seen in these online environments is that the more shocking you are, the more out of the norm you are, the more attention that you get, right? And people want that and they crave that and they like that. And so that's why they're putting out this more and more extreme content overline because they like to push those buttons. They like the attention. And more than that, they like making the other side that they see angry at them, right? Because that's just more attention and more clicks, right? So I think this is kind of a phenomenon we have seen in a lot of societies, not just Canada, over time, whereby, you know, we're able to pick out our social media bubbles. You know, we tend to always follow people online that we agree with, um, not those that we disagree with. And that's kind of understandable. But what it means over time is that our, our political views, our preferences, our ideas are coalescing 
around um, more extreme views in, in, in some circumstances. And it becomes harder for other side, other viewpoints to permeate those social media bubbles that we've created. You opened by describing the um, trucker convoy protest in Ottawa and elsewhere. How do you characterize that within the sort of the prism of everything you're writing about in this report? I guess the one thing I wanted to emphasize in this report and, and what I was asked to do when I was initially approached with this report was to, you know, look at the role of polarization in in the in, in the formulation of the, of the convoy. Um, the first thing I wanted to do was conquer a couple of myths. And the first myth I wanted to conquer is that this was some kind of Russian information operation. And no, <laughs> I mean, yes, the Russians were online. Yes, there's very much documented evidence that the Russians were promoting this and things like this, but it, it wasn't necessarily the Russians. And then secondly, the idea that this was just fully like a full on MAGA attack on Canada. And yes, there definitely was the amplification of the convoy by certain figures. Tucker Carlson, was he, when he was at Fox News, um, other far-right figures were promoting it and things like this. And yeah, I mean, that was not uh, a particularly uh, a good thing. But the fact is that the people who were participating in the convoy were Canadians, right? And it built on a movement that had been polarizing over time. And it really started, I would say, back um, in uh, 20, 2015 with a bunch of, of different political developments we can get into if you want. Um, but basically an increasing rise of anger and fear and suspicion that was nurtured within uh, social media bubbles that then created groups and networks online, which then when it had kind of this grand theme around the pandemic and, and frustration with pandemic restrictions, which, you know, I can kind of very much understand, but um, maybe not so much taking over the city of Ottawa for three weeks. Um, that That's effectively what caused this. This was a movement of Canadians who, by and large, had been fed a lot of misinformation or a lot of polarizing information, a lot of anger over a number of years. And that's what kind of produced this movement. And one last question for you then, because a little known fact, because the people who tend to listen to talk radio, for example, are much more likely to be involved with social media. Um, but so, you know, Twitter, I think, has an eight to 10 percent penetration. So is this necessarily compromising the national conversation or is it just a lot of shouting? I think Twitter in some ways does have a disproportionate uh, impact in the sense that that's where a lot of the media is, that a lot of the journalism is. I don't know where it's going to go with the changes of Elon Musk. But um, Facebook, I mean, honestly, if, if we go back and look at the different groups that have been involved in this movement, it's absolutely Facebook, which has a much larger penetration in Canada, right? And it's going to be interesting to see with, you know, the controversial changes that the Liberal government brought in with regards to news, how that's going to actually impact this polarizing environment, right? Is it going to make it better or worse uh, over time? But um, I think that uh, social media does have a lot to do with it. I think a lot of us were spending a lot more time online during the pandemic as well. Obviously, there's not a lot else to do. And so, um, and it's not, but it's not clear to me how how we fix this without kind of draconian censorship of the internet, right? Like, I think this is this is one of the biggest challenges we have in the 21st century. Like, how do we let people um, express themselves, express their views? And, um, you know, we often say awful, but not awful, but lawful views, which they're allowed to have. 
um, on the internet? And and how do we actually regulate that? And it, or do we regulate it at all? These are crazy challenges that we have. But I can tell you that, you know, the social science is pretty clear and that it is leading to a more polarized environment. And um, I'm not sure we've really thought through the implications of democracy for that. Thank you very much for this. Happy, always happy conversation Tuesday mornings. (laughs) Stephanie Garvin is the author of a new study. It's called Polarization and Ideologically Motivated Violent Extremism in Canada Since 2015. It sounds very, very sober, but it's highly readable. You can find it at the Center for Media, Technology, and Democracy website.